0: Uh, Ephesians 6, uh, starting in verse 10, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So far, we've taken a look at the belt of truth. The belt of truth truth holds everything together. The breastplate of righteousness, that guards our heart. We talked about the shoes of the gospel of peace. That the gospel gives us peace and trials to stand firm. And last week, we talked about the shield of faith, how faith empowers us through the journey. And so today, we are going to be looking at the helmet of salvation. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you again for who you are. And God, we just pray in this time, in this moment, Lord, that your Holy Spirit begins to speak with truth and grace and love and conviction, God. And that we... We ask our, our hearts, our minds, and our souls to submit to you and to receive your truth this morning, God. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. I'm excited to be standing here with you today uh, because I, I was, as I was preparing for this message, I was looking back. It, this month, it would be 24 years ago that I gave my life to Jesus, and that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. Yeah, I I remember I was 10 years old, and and I was uh, spending the summer in in Hawaii, and I remember I was in a minivan, my my auntie's minivan, and she just picked us up from this ghetto VBS, literally. It was like me, my cousin, and some other random kid in this person's house that we had no idea who they were. It it was kind of cringy. um. I remember, you know, she picked us up, and we're going to lunch, and uh, uh, she's, like, asking us uh, what we were learning, and so we started talking about Jesus. And I remember my auntie, she was asking me if, if I've ever asked Jesus into my heart. And my first response is, like, no, because that's weird. Who would want a man in your heart? And, and because of 10, I wasn't, I wasn't very, uh, I didn't understand uh, what that uh, what religion, or what even a relationship with Jesus looked like at that point, point. and so she took the time and she was explaining it to me and, and telling us when we ask Jesus into our lives as our Lord and our Saviors, you know, and, and that our lives change and they transform and, and we get to walk in eternity with God. And I, and she was like, she asked me, it's like, do you want to ask Jesus into your life? I said, well, shoot, I don't want to go to hell, so let's do it. And and I remember, and I remember in that moment, I. I as, as uh, we, we went through the salvation prayer, I remember as I was speaking this prayer out, that I remember that moment that my life was changed forever. I no longer was who I used to be, but I was a brand new person and creation in God by walking in that salvation. Now, I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. Have I lived my life perf- perfectly without problems? Absolutely not. Have I messed up? Have I sinned? Have I fallen into temptation? Have I allowed guilt and shame and pride and selfishness and laziness halt me from what God has called me to do? Yeah, we all have. We all fall off sometimes. But the great thing about God is because of that moment, that moment 24 years ago, it showed me and opened my eyes to life with Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that I've been able to experience that for the past 24 years. And even though that God sometimes had to slap me upside my head to get me back on track, I am thankful for his unconditional love and his grace. Are you thankful for his love and his grace? Amen. This is this, this is what also began to happen. 24 years ago, that was the beginning of my real life, walking with God. But it was also the beginning of when I started to recognize that I have an enemy and that he's forming weapons against me. He's forming weapons to take me away from the life that God's called me to live. He was forming weapons to attack my future marriage. He was forming weapons against my family. He was forming weapons against my identity. He was even forming weapons against my calling. But you know what I'm glad about? You know what I'm glad about? I'm glad because... There ain't no weapon formed against me that will prosper. And how many of us, we can begin to shoot off the the weapons of the enemy that have tried to take us out and to knock us away from what God has called us to do. Do you know those things? And aren't you thankful that God still, by his grace and by his love, that we can still live in the calling that he's called us to live? The enemy wants us to experience complete separation from God. That's why he will taunt us. That's why he will distract us. That's why he will do everything that he can to halt us in our pursuit of knowing God more. He even allows us to begin to feel comfortable in where we're at in our relationship with God to the point that we won't further pursue him or we won't further ourselves in knowing more about him. He'll allow contentment and mediocrity to settle in and to tell us, I'm good enough. Oh, I know who God is, so that's good enough for me to get into heaven. I attend service with my families on Sunday. Well, that's that's good enough. I I've I've met my monthly church attendance quota. That, that's that's good enough. I've served my hour with the church for for the month. I'm good enough. I've given enough into the tide bucket. That's good enough. I posted my weekly share. If you love Jesus post on social media, I'm good enough. Listen, Jesus even said, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my father who is in heaven. The devil likes to keep us in a confined mentality and mindset from fully experiencing God. And fully living our true purpose. And this is why we need the helmet of salvation. We need the helmet of salvation because the stakes are high, eternity is on the line. We need to have a victorious mindset that is fielded with hope and expectation, not out of fear. We need a victorious mindset. That is fielded with hope and expectation, not out of fear. One of my favorite passages is from Second uh, Timothy 1.7. It says, God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What is a sound mind? A sound mind is a sound mind that, that thinks clearly. It's not a mind where your emotions and your feelings are so unstable. You're so wishy-washy. Clear mind can can control that emotion. Keep it in check. Be disciplined in in one's thoughts. See, a sound mind is a saved mind. What does that have to do with the helmet of salvation? It says in James 1a, a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. Let me ask you. Do you know that there is fight for control of your mind? There's a battle going on for the control of your mind, the control of your thoughts, the control of how what you're gonna feel right now. There's a battle going on right now. How do I know? Let me ask. Are you the type of person that you are your worst critic? I am. Man, both my hands. It's funny. It's like, because I'm not going to lie. I judge people, but I also judge myself. Do you judge yourself sometimes? I remember one time um, I was getting ready to, to, to preach at our youth ministry, Crave, uh, here at Abundant Life, and um, I haven't seen my wife all day, and, and I love my wife. But there are also times to where she, um, we'll, she'll say something, and I'm not sure if there's, like, a cryptic message behind it or, or if she's just plain old, like, savage, and she just roasted me burned me, you know, insulted me, but in, in the most kind and friendliest way and loving way as possible. I remember we were standing in the kitchen and, and she said to me, it's like, wow, Mike, you, you've been losing weight. Your, your face isn't as fat. <laughs> you shouldn't be laughing at that because that's only encouraging it. Thank you. And so I, I remember, like, my, my initial reac- reaction was like, oh, well, thank you. Hey. And then this is where my, my brain, my mind, began to uh, go way out of control. Because here's what I started thinking. Well, how long has my face been fat? Is it just the bottom part of my face that's fat? Is it the top of my face? Is it every... What other areas of my body is fat? Oh my gosh, I am fat. And it's, have you been there? You may not talk about that, but it's like you literally just begin to go like further and further and further and further to believe into something that wasn't even said. We have to be able to take control of our thoughts. We need to have discipline in the way that we think. There is a battle going on for control of our mind. And we have to make sure that our mind is secure and that our mind understands what salvation is and secure itself in salvation. We prepare ourselves for battle by wearing the helmet of salvation. To secure our mind with the understanding and the knowledge of salvation. Well, what's salvation? When you look at the uh, original Greek text, we get the word uh, soteria. Uh, which if you break that down in its definition, you get the words deliverance and salvation. God's rescue, which delivers believers out of destruction and into safety. So for me, I experienced deliverance, I experienced salvation uh, 24 years ago when I gave my life to Jesus. I was being delivered from who I used to be because I was no longer the same. And I was being rescued from a life without Christ. I think the best way to kind of help explain uh, this word salvation is looking at at Romans uh, chapter 1. Paul is talking. I think he does a great way of breaking up and giving the full scope of what salvation is. It says in Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. Remember, salvation also uh, uh, is defined as to be delivered, deliverance. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew and also for the Greek. For in, the, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, to faith as it is written the just how live by faith this is the power of god to salvation from faith to faith but it also says by faith and the best way i, th- I think we can kind of break this down is this um how many when you are planning a vacation you you go online and you look at multiple websites to try to find the, the cheapest airfare and the and the cheapest uh, uh hotel sites you ever do that all right um I, I love to do that because I feel like I try to spend less money as possible traveling because the, the money that you save from, from your travels is more money that you can spend eating food, right? Hence why I have a fat face. Okay, so, so what, what I'll do is like it, you, you bring up that website and ask you this question, where are you coming from? So where I'm coming from, it's Virginia. And so then the next question is, where are you going to? So let's say over here, it's like, I I want to go to Hawaii. So my basis of origin is Virginia, but my destination is Hawaii. But then it asks this question, well, how do you want to get there? Well, I I can't drive to Hawaii, so I, I have to go by plane. So I'm going to go from Virginia to Hawaii, By the plane. Do you understand what I'm saying here? It's kind of broken up like this. From is the origin. It's where we begin. That's the past. To, it's the destination. It's our future. Then you have by. It's where we are. This is the present. And so there is, and when you look at this verse again, so you're looking at this. So there is faith. In salvation in the power of God to deliver us in the past. There is faith in the power of God to deliver us in the future, and there's faith in salvation by the power of God to deliver us in the present. What what does that look like? Well, when I gave my life to Jesus 24 years ago, that was the beginning. That's when my life was changed. And when I look towards the future— I gave my life to Jesus knowing that one day I would be walking with God our Father in eternity. But that also leaves me in the presence. Well, what am I doing with salvation now? For the full scope of salvation, we have to look at salvation from the past, the present, and the future. Because salvation doesn't just exist in our past when I gave my life to Jesus. Jesus. And salvation doesn't just exist in the future for when I get into heaven. Salvation also exists here in the present. Salvation in the past, the present, and the future. And then also, we look at salvation and the full scope of it. Uh, In in, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it talks about the full scope of salvation through spirit, soul, and mind. It says in the verse, in 23, it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit, And soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. See, that's our future. That's our eternity that we're looking towards. Do do you know we don't need the helmet of salvation in heaven and the future? Why? Because there's no battles happening in heaven. We've already won, we've already received the victory, and we're rejoicing because we get to spend eternity with God in heaven. The helmet of salvation was made for today. When you look at this aspect of salvation, when you have salvation in the past, it's deliverance from our old nature. Salvation in the past, it's deliverance from our old nature. It's basically saying when I gave my life to Jesus 24 years ago, when I began my life with him, who I used to be is no longer who I who I was. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, it washed and cleansed me and purified me of my sin and my debt to death. So when we gave our life to Jesus, when we we accepted the free gift of salvation, who we used to be is no longer who we were. Are you following me? That means that my my past life of deceit, gone. Gone. My past life to the lies and to the pride. My, my past life of, of abuse and, and addiction, whatever it might be, that's no longer who I am anymore. Come on, are you thankful for that? Amen. That's salvation in the past because it's a deliverance of my old nature. When you have salvation in the presence, it's the deliverance from our own will. That, that means because because of salvation in the present, my soul, which is my mind, my will, my emotions, it's now being protected by this gift of salvation in the now. That it's not just something that happened to me in the past, but something that I still keep over me to this day. You know, being washed by the blood of Jesus wasn't just a past thing. It's a thing that's continually happening. Because let's be real, we're human and we make mistakes. Amen? There's a perfect person in here. God, just strike them right now. We have salvation in the past, salvation in the present, and then we have salvation in the future, which is the hope of deliverance from our human body. It talks in 1 Corinthians 15, talking about our, our mortal bodies are going to uh, die and fade away, and then we're going to receive new heavenly bodies that's going to glorify God. Man, some of y'all just heard that. It's like, you, I get a new body? Oh, come on. Stop all this working out and this keto diet. It's like, I want that new body now. God, I'm 4'8", make me 6'4". Woo! Abs like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm. You don't don't get to pick your body. Bodies aren't going to look the same down here as they are going to look like they are in heaven. But we're going to receive a new body that's going to glorify God. Our spirit is changed when we give our life to Christ. Our soul is being set apart. And the future, our bodies will be used to glorify God. The importance of the helmet is not for the past or the future. The importance of the helmet of salvation is for right now. What's going on in our lives right now? It's to secure our minds, our thoughts, our attitudes, how we react or respond to the circumstances in life. That is why the helmet of salvation is so important. Because here's the thing. The attacks begin with our mind. If the enemy can attack your mind, you cannot function well. If the enemy attacks your mind, you're not able to lift up the shield of faith. If the enemy attacks your mind, you're not able to lift up the word of God, which is your sword. We, We need to protect our mind from the attacks. Um, Not too long ago, there was this movie. I'm a huge movie buff. And um, there was this movie that came out not too long ago. It was called Avengers Infinity Wars, And um, I'm going to say this. If you have not uh, seen the movie or if you... uh, don't desire to know the outcome of the movie, Then I'm just going to assume that you have no desire to know anything about these Marvel movies that have come out in these past, like, 10, 11, 12 years. And um, if, by chance, there's somebody in this room that, for whatever reason, you're still waiting to see the movie, I'm about to ruin it for you. Because I'm about to tell you what's going to happen. And so, if you don't want to be spoiled, what's going to happen in this movie, just put some tissues in your ears or something. I don't know, because you ain't stopping me. All right? So, there's this big bad, his name's Thanos. And what he wants to do is that he wants to eliminate half of all existence in, in the entire universe. And so, how's he going to do that? Well, he has this, this glove, it's called a gauntlet. Um, And he's trying to get these very powerful stones called Infinity Stones, and he's trying to get them on the gauntlet. Because once they're on the gauntlet, then he can literally just snap, and what he wants will happen. So then you have these good guys. They're called the Avengers. And so they're trying to stop Thanos from eliminating half the universe. And it gets to the point where Thanos, he gets the last Infinity Stone, and he puts it on this gauntlet, and he's about to snap and eliminate uh, half of existence, and then, lo and behold, comes Thor. Yeah. <laughs> He's hunky. Um, he, he throws this axe, all right? Now, some of you are thinking, well, I thought Thor had a hammer. He does have a hammer. He also has an axe. He's got both. He's a gangster like that. So he throws this axe, and it hits Thanos right in the chest, goes through the breastplate and into his chest. Thor comes and he's standing in front of Thanos and he literally takes his hand and he puts it on the axe and he pushes it deeper into the chest of Thanos. It's, it, you're thinking, oh, this is gruesome, but it's, it's t- he deserved it. Um, and <laughs> and, and, and he said, Thor says to Thanos, it's like, I told you, you died for that. My accent is terrible, so just watch the movie. They do a better job. That's why they get paid the big bucks. And, and he pushes it in and he thinks he won. He thinks he defeated Thanos. And at the very last minute, Thanos, and he lifts his head and he says this, you should have aimed for the head. Now, if you're still wondering what happened after the movie, go watch it on your own time because I'm not going to continue to spoil it for you and watch Endgame. It's great. All right, making me cry. Um, here, here's what happened. He said, you should have aimed for the head. We have an enemy that is aiming for our head. Every moment it has a chance. Every moment he sees that our head is unprotected, he's going to aim for it. And he's going to attack us. Not just with like the circumstances and the struggles in life, but the attacks come from within as well. The insecurities that we've been carrying for, gosh, for how long? He's going to attack us. And he wants to do everything that he can to take us away from the life and the purpose that he created us for. We have to be able to protect our head. How do we protect our head? It's in this we must solidify Jesus' authority in our lives. We have to solidify Jesus Christ's authority over our lives. See, what I've learned in life is that Jesus isn't just my savior but he's also lord over my life. And my and my further growth into my relationship with him is continuing knowing that he must be lord over all my life. Not in just the parts that I want him to be, not just in the parts where it seems comfortable or convenient, but over all of my life. It says in in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, it says, Jesus says, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? See, if Jesus is not Lord over your life, your helmet of salvation is not secured to your head. What is the purpose of somebody wearing a bike helmet that isn't secure, or a football helmet, or a soldier that doesn't secure the helmet to their head. It's very easy to fall off. In order for you and I to do what the Lord says, we have to hear what he is saying. We have to be able to open up the word of God to hear what God has been directing us to. See, I'm convinced that people don't have Jesus as Lord in their lives, not because they don't want to have Jesus Lord in their lives, but because we fail to open up and have the conversations that we need to with Him. We have so many things going on in our mind, there are so many things that we are trying to balance and juggle just to keep ourselves above water. There are so many voices that are speaking in the opinions and the thoughts that it gets so hard to be able to hear the one voice that actually matters. We allow so many thoughts and things to take residency in our minds that will stop us from even allowing ourselves to focus on the right now and what God is saying to us. How many of us, um, you, you've kind of done this before, uh, where you say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to read my, bi- my Bible this week. Or I, I'm going to spend time talking with God this week. Monday comes. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just do it tomorrow. Tuesday comes. You know what? Thursday seems like a better day this week for me. I'll have more time. Friday comes. Well, you know what's the, what's the point of even starting and, and trying to catch back up? I'll just I'll just go to church on Sunday. I'll restart my whole week again. That's when I'll do it. We keep pushing things off. We keep pushing off the one thing that actually matters in our lives and filling our they are filling our lives with the things that don't matter to eternity. It's as if we're literally unlocking an opening door to our household to allow the enemy come in and say, all right, have access to whatever you want. That's how easy we make it for the enemy. We have to solidify Jesus' authority in our lives to protect our head. We need to demonstrate and display God's power and authority of salvation in our lives now, today, in the present. We can't allow the enemy to tell us oh we'll we'll get that fixed in the next couple weeks or so. That's the scheme of the enemy. God wants to address it right now so that we can keep striving for the future and walking in eternity with Him. How do we win the battle of the present today? Philippians 4.8, it says this. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. S- start winning the battle by the way that you think. Listen, do you spend more time thinking on the what-ifs, the could-bes, the negative comments, Maybe somebody didn't like a post or, or didn't comment or didn't follow me on social media. Maybe it's, it's, we think too much of the lack of affirmation I get from my spouse. Maybe it's, it's the, the, the thoughts and the lies that we've been telling ourselves since childhood that I'm not good enough. I don't belong. I can't do this. The thoughts that begin to even isolate us from the people that care about us the most. What is it? If we begin to think about those things all the time, something needs to change. Start thinking on who God is. God, I'm just, I'm feeling like the worst person right now. I feel like I failed. I feel like I'm not good enough to do what you have called me to do. but you are Lord, you are sovereign, you've created me. That, that means you've created me with a purpose in mind. That means that you created me to do good things. That means that you created me with these gifts. See, what, what's neat is when we begin to counter those thoughts with who God is, it turns into countering those thoughts with who we are in him. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. God has given us the power and the authority to take every thought that comes in our mind, the good, the bad, the ugly, and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. If I could be real with you, I don't feel like I should be standing on the stage. I don't feel like I'm adequate enough or or good enough to encourage anybody in the church family how to protect their minds with the helmet of salvation when I feel like I failed so many times. I feel like I failed as a husband. I failed as a father. I failed as a pastor. I failed as a man of God. That's what we feel. And listen, I can't stop that insecurity from coming. But you know what I can do? I can take that feeling and insecurity and try to line it up with what God's word says and God's truth. I don't feel good enough, but God, that doesn't line up with what your word says. God, I don't feel like I'm adequate enough, but you know what? That doesn't align with the calling that you place on my life to raise up and lead generations to advance the kingdom. See, we don't know to fight the feelings and the insecurities and the thoughts with the Word of God if we're not spending time in the Word of God. It's a daily battle for us. It's a, it's a choice that we have to make every morning. Am I going to put on the armor of God, or am I going to allow myself to be defenseless? Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's not a matter of if we get attacked, it's when we get attacked. And listen, we have been provided every resource that we need to fight the battle that is ahead and that we're in right now. That's that's what the helmet of salvation is. It's to remind us of where God has brought us from, from the past, to fix our eyes on where we're going in the future, but most importantly, for the fight that we're in right now.